Welcome to Christ Church Anglican. We hope that you were blessed by today's sermon. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. Grace and peace to you all, also to all those who were uh, watching us streaming online. We are so glad you're with us today. Today is the first Sunday of February, which our bylaws require be the Sunday for our annual meeting. And so, welcome to the annual meeting that actually begins with a Eucharist of Thanksgiving to God. And this is when I give my own uh, rector's report for 2020 and 2021. But before I do that, I want to recognize some wonderful people. I had the great pleasure last weekend of being in Fredericksburg to uh, perform the wedding for Brandon, Kylie, and Sammy Barr, actually Sammy Kylie now, knee bar, and uh, it was a delight all the way around. I mean, it, it couldn't have been a more wonderful time, a more beautiful wedding. The bride was absolutely gorgeous. The groom pulled off being handsome in an amazing way. It was great. So would you two please stand up? Congratulations. Thank you so much for letting me be a part of that. That was a blessing. Uh, that's one of the great joys of being a cleric in the church is that you're invited to all kinds of wonderful family celebrations and, and situations that otherwise you would not get to be a part of. And I'm very grateful to have been a part of that. Uh, as I mentioned, this is an important day in the life of our parish. Uh, it's a day we review the previous year and look forward to the coming year. And it's the day we choose new leadership for our church family. For those who are new to Christ Church or new to Anglicanism, uh, it's good to explain that we are not a congregational-style denomination. Congregational denominations like Presbyterians, they have to get together and vote on everything. And uh, even down to, you know, the color of the garbage bags. And uh, we don't do that. What we do is we elect vestry members who get together and vote on the color of the garbage bags. Okay. So uh, it's, a, it's a different polity, as they call it, a different form of church government. It uh, is a hierarchical, not congregational. And so the leaders we choose are very important because they represent the body of Christ and the members of this congregation on the vestry throughout the year. And I will say that we have been blessed again and again and again with good and faithful and strong members of our vestry who do put aside their businessman hat, their other types of hats, and they come to the vestry not to put aside their brains, but to listen to the Lord and listen to his will for our church family. And I'm so proud to be a part of this church family for that reason. Rectors and vestries are two sides of the same coin. The rector has authority and oversight over staff and clergy, as well as spiritual matters such as worship and discipleship. The vestry has authority and oversight over the finances, the maintenance, the improvements to the fiscal campus. We work together as one to serve God, who is the owner of Christ's church. Somebody said, whose church is this? Well, it's God's. You and I own nothing here. <laughs> God owns everything. And he is the owner. He is the one who gives us our mission to this world. And our mission is found in our name, Christ Church. 
We are to know Christ as our Savior. We are to grow in Christ as his disciples. We are to worship Christ as our Lord. We are to serve Christ by loving our neighbors, and we are to share Christ in his kingdom with those who do not know him. It's kind of a heavy focus on Christ. And we're to do all this in the power of the Spirit to the glory of God the Father, just as Jesus did when he walked this earth. Let me unpack that a little more. We are to know Christ as our Savior, and this includes becoming members of his body, the church. Not only knowing Jesus as my Savior, but being brought into that family in which he is saving those who will live with him forever and with his Father. We are to grow in Christ as his disciples, this growing in relationship with him. If you want to know how to do that, ask Bob Bledsoe, okay? He's, the, he's got the quickest answer, but it's prayer and scripture, and it's time with God. We grow in our relationship, and it's all about relationship. You've got to remember, what did Jesus say eternal life was? It is knowing the Father and knowing his Son, Jesus Christ. How do we do that? By building our relationship with them. And who helps us do that? The Holy Spirit. Through prayer, through the study of Scripture, through spending time with Jesus. We are to worship Christ as our Lord. We do this on Sundays, but we should do this every day of the week. It is what we're meant to do. It's a way of life, not a hobby. It's a way of life, daily, personal worship. We're to serve Christ by loving our neighbors. We want our neighbors to know Jesus loves them. We can show this to them through our words and our deeds and through helping them where they are in need. I always remember Mother Teresa one time was picking up a man in a Calcutta slum who was just nothing, you know, I mean, you know how small Mother Teresa was, and she was carrying this man to her convent, so you know, he was even more malnourished and smaller. And he said, why are you doing this? And she drew no attention to herself. Why are you doing this? She said, because Jesus loves you. That's where we should all be. Why are you doing this? Because God loves you. I'm his servant. And then we are to share Christ and his kingdom with those who do not know him. Now, we focus on three ways of doing that. First of all, we share the beauty of Christ and his kingdom. Can there be anything more beautiful than the promise of Christ and his kingdom? I don't know if you've ever read any of the books on life after death experiences, but there are some amazing accounts of the beauty of what we are called to have and do in the kingdom. Of course, that's the same kingdom that we are called to bring to earth through God's work. We pray God works. But we want to counter the ugliness that we see in this world, the ugliness we see in Hollywood, the ugliness we see in the media, the ugliness we see around us in literature and other places. We are called to show another way, another vision for our lives. And that vision is grounded in the beauty of God. You get that? That is so important. This is not just, oh, we like pretty things, so we're going to have Christchurch uh, outreach for the arts. It's the world is desperate for beauty and truth and goodness. And that's why we have an arts outreach to reach people who don't know. There are actually people who think Hollywood 
tells us what reality is. And they don't know the beauty of God and his kingdom. And so that is one of the ways that we want to share his kingdom with others. And then we bring kingdom justice into the dark corners of this world. We shine the light of Christ where the world is broken, where it is dark. It's an injustice that there are orphans in this world. It's not their fault. And yet they suffer and struggle because of it. And we reach out to them to help their lives be whole. It's an injustice that there are widows who struggle in this world. It's not their fault. They didn't kill their husbands. At least most of them did. (laughs) And we reach out to them to help them to still maintain a whole and full life. It's an injustice that the world places such a low value on life, the gift of life. And we advocate for the value of life. Think about the orphans in the third world. Here are children whose, uh, let's take the ones that Jerry and Stacy minister to. ISIS orphans. Can there be anything more unjust than being an orphan because a group of awful demonic people came into your village, killed your father, treated your mother as a slave for nefarious purposes, and she eventually died, and you, just by the grace of God, are able to escape. Well, Jerry and Stacy look at that and say, no, this is wrong. And that's what you wonderful, godly disciples of Christ are doing. You are helping to make it possible for us to finance people who minister to those orphans. You say that's an injustice. And you say, Jerry and Stacy, let us partner with you. And let us bring light into this dark place. God bless you. Wherever we find hopelessness and despair, we bring the light of Christ to transform lives. And finally, of course, we proclaim why we do these things. Why do we do these things? Because Jesus loves you and gave his life that you might have life and light and wholeness. And we are to do all of this just as Jesus did when he walked upon this earth in the power of the Spirit to the glory of God the Father. That's it. That's why we're here. This is our mission. The good news is not just for a better life tomorrow. you got to know that. This isn't pie in the sky. One day we'll be in heaven and everything will be fine. That's true. And I take comfort in that. But that's not all there is to it. Okay? The good news is for today as well. This very hour. Let me ask you this. In the Lord's Prayer, Jesus tells us to pray, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Did Jesus tell us to pray a prayer that he knew would not be answered? Of course not. He is the God of truth. He is calling us 
to join our prayers to the will of God for his reality to come on this earth as it is in heaven. See, our mission is more than a hobby. It's a total way of life or it's really nothing. What we are to do here together, we are also to do at home, at work, and at play. We are citizens of the kingdom of God. That's important, guys. Never forget that. We're not living for this world. This world is fading away, and sadly, there will be many people who are left with nothing at the end. When what they invested in, this world, is gone. We are living for eternity and for an eternal life in God's kingdom. And that begins today. And we're his agents going into these dark places, going into areas of injustice, going into where it's ugly and bringing truth and beauty and goodness and life. So our mission has eternal significance, not only for us, but for all those who we reach. Colleen and I were talking with someone last night, and we said, you know, we want to know that when we talk to a missionary and support them, that we're going to meet people in heaven who benefited from what we did. We're not living for this world. We're living for eternity. And our mission has eternal significance, lasting importance, and it should have and does have a direct influence on our plans, our programs, and our budget. As a matter of fact, it is imperative that we plan, program, and budget to facilitate our mission. Otherwise, we're off kilter. We're doing one thing, and we're supposed to be doing another thing. In this context, I want to briefly speak with you about the years of our Lord, 2020 and 2021. The first thing I have to say is I am so proud of all of you, of the volunteers, the vestry, the staff, and clergy, for the way you handled this strange year we have had. We held our last annual meeting about a month before COVID chaos began, and I dare say that none of us had any idea at that meeting what was about to befall us. But the good news is, we all kept focus on our mission. Regardless of what tomorrow holds, our mission does not change. Regardless of the situations we find ourselves in, our mission does not change. We had to do a lot of workarounds. The building may have been closed for a time, but the church remained open throughout the whole thing. When there was a time it was prudent not to worship together in person, we didn't give up worship. We found ways to worship together online. At the time, we also learned how to meet in Zoom. I didn't say it was fun, but we learned how to do it, to meet on Zoom in order to keep in touch and to continue to study God's Word. And I sure was hoping that if all the rumors were true that the Chinese controlled Zoom, that they were hearing the gospel, maybe for the first time. <laughs> Where plan A would not work, we went to plan B. And when plan B didn't work, we asked the Lord to show us plan C. And he did. 
And by his grace, we were flexible and we improvised and we stuck to our mission to know Christ, to grow in Christ, to worship Christ, to serve Christ, and to share Christ with others. Some of the fruit of this year was seen on December 20th when we baptized six people and Bishop Reed confirmed 14 new members. I never thought in the COVID year 2020 that we would have 14 new confirmands in December. And yet we did. Other fruit was the growth of our outreach to the recovery community. I cannot begin to praise Father Jonathan highly enough for all of the work he has done to reach out to the recovery community. The, we also saw the quadrupling of our outreach through the hunting and fishing weekends. And Lee, you did some good work there with that outreach ministry. We saw the way Sunday school and youth ministries came through the year in as good or better shape than they were before. And we learned a lot about trusting in the Lord and waiting on Him. And we came out of 2020 better and stronger and more equipped to minister to people in a variety of situations. Now, for those who are streaming today, I want you to know that the vestry just approved to pay for a higher rate of uploading so that we're going to have hopefully less interruptions in our online streaming of services. So praise God for that. It's probably the last thing that our outgoing senior warden, warden uh, Ryan Roberts, got to do with the vestry. But praise God that even at the very end, he and the outgoing members were focused, as well as the rest of the vestry, on how do we best minister to those in our church family who cannot be here but who need us and we need them. We learned a lot about trusting in the Lord and waiting on him. And now we return to our mission in order to set our course for the new year. And there are two areas which we must focus on in order to fulfill the mission that can be summed up as inreach and outreach. Inreach is about how we minister to, equip, and strengthen the members of our church family to be ministers. As we read in Ephesians 4, and he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to do what? To equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ. Who are the ministers? You are. Raise your hand if you're a minister. Any hand that's not up, I've got to talk to you later. You're missing something very important. <laughs> You are all ministers, and we are here to equip the saints to be ministers. He gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry. You're the saints for building up the body of Christ. Outreach is how the saints... Take the gospel of the kingdom into the world and serve as ministers of reconciliation. Reconciling people to God, that is the beauty of evangelism. That is the beauty of witnessing. It's not just putting another notch in your belt that, oh, I saved another person. It is the beauty of knowing that someone is reconciled to the creator of the universe. Someone who was walking apart from him is now with him. 
Paul says to the Corinthians in his second epistle, all this is from God who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us, we implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. Now, to fulfill our mission, we got to have both. We must have both. Inreach alone leads to a Christian club that will eventually die off because we're all about ourselves. Outreach alone leads to a shallow church with malnourished Christians who eventually move on in search of spiritual nourishment. It wasn't too long after I got here, almost eight years ago now, that I saw that church die on Andrews Highway and they sold to the women's ministry and that was great for them but every time I would drive by there God would say don't let this be the fate of Christ Church don't let this be the fate of Christ Church you are meant for more It was a haunting message to me. We have a legacy to do, to, to offer this community. And we can't offer this legacy if once we bury the last person in this club, uh, we shut the doors. <laughs> We've got to have an ongoing, exciting, vibrant life that has inreach and outreach. So we have structured our clergy and ministry staff in order for them to lead and participate in both inreach and outreach. That's the whole reason we brought Rip Gibbs on board, was to help us not only be discipled, but evangelize, witness, to help us be able to be those ministers in the world, ministers of reconciliation. And because Rip is a layperson, you're going to take him more seriously. <laughs> we have ordered our programs to feed and equip our members while ministering to those in the community who need to know and experience the good news of God's kingdom. Our building plans even promise new and improved tools for us to use in both areas. And our budget reflects these values. That's what we're entering into 2021 with. That's what I'm very excited about. And I am excited by what I believe God has in store for us over the next decade. He has been so good to us and continues to inspire us with his faithfulness. And my prayer, and I ask you all to continue this prayer every day, is that we may remain faithful to him as we seek to know Christ, to grow in Christ, to worship Christ, to serve Christ, and to share Christ with others in the power of the Holy Spirit and to the glory of God the Father. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks for tuning in. 
For more information, feel free to visit us online at ccanglican.com. We hope you will join us again soon.